getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Save the Date is hosted by comedian, author, and all-around wedding lover, Alicia McCormack. And this is part two of the best of the wedding bloggers that have featured on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I love speaking to wedding bloggers because they are even more obsessed and interested in helping you plan your wedding than me. I'm going to say that. I go to a lot of, I've got my go-to list of wedding blogs that I visit nearly every day and uh, they do it for the team. They really do. And like I said in part one, which was episode 91, last Monday's episode, one of the big things about the joy of following wedding blogs is that there is a wedding blog for all your needs, whatever your fetish, whatever your theme that you're following, whatever your desires are, I can guarantee you that there's someone out there that's writing about and sharing information about that sort of theme. And it's great to meet and talk with these wonderful people because they've got their finger on the pulse, to use a very cliched term, of what's going on. And it's crazy that some of these topics and themes have given them I mean, crazy good, given them a career. They basically, a lot of them have given up corporate jobs and stuff to talk about weddings, just like me. So today I wanted to bring you some really, I think, dare I say, important excerpts that if you haven't gone back and listened to the beginning, and also I'm playing you some bits that haven't made it to air as well, but really some big points that are made by some of these wedding bloggers about expectations, about how to calm the crazy voices, the wedding voices that we have going on in our heads about what we need to do versus what actually is realistic, and also talking a lot about money and how we can get around being sort of coerced in a way to spend a lot more money than we actually have or need to spend on a wedding day because like well as you'll hear some of my wedding blogging guests say it is just a day it's a very important day there's a lot going on on that day but we will wake up hopefully all wake up healthy and safe and sound the next morning and move on with our lives this is a moment in time that I get to share with you and a moment in time that you get to share planning your wedding but life goes on things happen more adventures are to come so I always like to reiterate that this is really wonderful to be spending this time with you but there's heaps more that will happen in your life that will be just as interesting and exciting and uh, fabulous. So I wanted to kick off today by sharing with you one of my favorite interviews. And bizarrely, not bizarrely, but it was one of my very first interviews I ever did for the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with the wonderful Charlie Beard. Now, she is a wedding planner and she's also a blogger. Her website is london-bride.com and she features some gorgeous weddings that she has had her hand in planning and also other weddings. It doesn't have to be about getting married in London, but if you are looking at details to do with planning a wedding in London town, that is where I would point you to. But also she highlights a lot of other details in planning weddings all over the place and I love her ethos and attitude towards getting the most out of your day, the most out of your wedding planner, and the most out of your expectations, especially when it comes to looking at the aesthetics of a wedding day. 
I love reading her blog because it comes from the perspective of a wedding planner. Charlie and I also share a history in television production. She's worked on some crazy shit, as have I. And I think once you've done live TV and you've worked in that sort of environment, nothing can shake you. (laughs) Oh, the stories I can tell you about working in TV in general, but also in a live TV and radio environment – Honestly, when shit goes down and it's broadcasting out to millions or hundreds of thousands of people, uh, you don't get nervous like you used to. Can I just say, it just does something. So listening to Charlie speak about planning weddings and coming from the perspective of someone that has dealt with a lot of pressure as well, I have full trust in her abilities. And, you know, you listen to her and you go, actually, I want someone like her on my team when I am spending this sort of money and when I am planning an event that is so meaningful and also it has a lot of attachment to it about succeeding. So... It's great to be able to share this again with you and really reiterate her very level-headed but also great advice about keeping your cool and also finding a wedding planner. It doesn't have to be someone that's doing the whole thing, but finding someone you trust to help you on the day, whether that's a family member or a professional, it's, I think, vital to have someone else there to make sure it works so you aren't stressed out. It's also very refreshing to hear from a wedding planner's perspective her attitudes towards social media. We've talked a lot about Pinterest in the past and hearing Charlie speak so candidly about the pressures that brides and grooms place on themselves due to social media is really honest and something I think we should all remember when we are planning our wedding and trying to de-stress when you're looking at other people's weddings and weddings that are featured in social media and magazines. Things like Pinterest, Instagram, you know, what you've got to remember is, is you're, you're just purely seeing an image. It's, it's so specific and it, 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 they're, they're there to be visually appealing. So the second you see that, that image, you just go, that's beautiful, pin it. You're taking things at face value. So you're seeing a picture, but you're not seeing anything behind that picture. So, you know, that beautiful table, for example, that you, you pinned on Pinterest and you take to all your suppliers and be like, this is what I want. Um, you know, that, that was A, probably in, you know, the States set outside in a lovely sunny you know kind of outdoor you know venue uh which would never happen here it's also you never seen the kind of the team behind it and and actually the budget behind it and the fact that maybe the stylist has spent four hours working on just those six play settings um and probably at you know 500 pounds you know per table of six so when someone then tries to you know think that they can have that for their wedding it's great as inspiration but it's it's not realistic it's not it's not fully achievable having said that of course everything is achievable if you have the budget and and, uh, uh, you know most things can be possible but you know a lot of people don't and I think that is the problem it's what you're seeing is very high levels of of beautiful uh you know inspiration and actually what people have in terms of time money and 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 even suppliers you know it's not they're not matching up so i think a lot of the problem is 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 that kind of mismatch of expectations it is all about visual it's not about the realistic or logistics and i think a lot of wedding blogs even forget to talk about logistics because um you know you might see a beautiful wedding in a in a you know a festival wedding in a in a field and 
um, you know, and I'm often wondering, how did that 80 year old gran, you know, get to that teepee? And yes. I'm like, why doesn't someone talk about that? No, I think uh, that there's, the, the festival wedding is taking elements of the festival, although <laughs> the festival wedding that I planned, it, you know, it, it did go wrong. It absolutely chucked it down. Um, and that, you are, that's completely out it's of completely your, out of your control. control. And I mean, you know, we had a vague plan B, um, but plan Bs are often quite expensive. And when people go, but I may not use it or I may not may not need it. So that's always a problem. It's like, yeah, but if you do, you, you know, it's money well spent. And that that is always a deciding, uh, you know, it's always a, a difficult deciding factor for brides. If you're really not, you know, if you're not 100% going to use something, then why would you spend money on it? So sometimes a lot of people don't even have the plan B. And so when it goes wrong, it you know, it can go really wrong. But, but when it goes wrong and they don't have the plan B, even if you've suggested to have the plan B, mm-hmm. it's still up to you to... Yeah, it. sadly, Muggins here is, uh, <laughs> is, is left with it all. But I'm a bit sort of weird in that sense that I kind of thrive on on uh, problem solving and I guess that's part of why I do what I do um, don't get me wrong I don't particularly like problems but you know it's it's you know it's kind of when you get that adrenaline and you go into that mode and you switch it's a bit like someone working well okay I was going to say A&E obviously very different scenario but it's that sort of you know you're used to you resuscitate yeah, weddings you know? no I like that let's use it because it is true I think because... I have had to, yeah. Yeah. There's so many factors riding on what you do that you you can't let people down. So you are the one person that has to make things happen. Mm. Um, Whether it's, you know, whether you have to go into doing things yourself or, you know, uh, delegating to other people and making sure... And that's why it's so important to have a good good team on board um, for me is because, you know, when when things do go a little bit pear-shaped everybody knows what to do everyone's professional enough to manage that situation and to be to be honest that is kind of sometimes what you pay for when you're playing for someone with experience is that they know what to do if things go or they won't ever let it get to that point so um you won't let them see that it's happened quite yeah i mean a lot of the time they don't (laughs) (laughs) some of my brides might be thinking weddings have gone wrong that you've done Mm, yeah i mean (laughs) you know stuff does um i'm not gonna lie things life isn't perfect and um i'm not perfect obviously i know you're you know brides are putting a lot of money into into their wedding day and a lot of people are going to be there and you want it to be amazing and i think having it to be amazing and having it to be perfect are two different things I often think like what are the best nights out they're the ones that you haven't really planned they're the ones that haven't put too much thought into it because the ones where you plan everything to perfection and things don't quite reach those expectations you're always a little bit disappointed so it's like every New Year's Eve quite it's it's like a big New Year's Eve and I you know for that very reason I don't like New Year's Eve because every time I've paid a load of money or I've traveled somewhere really far bought an expensive outfit got my hair done I kind of either fallen asleep at 10 o'clock or it's, it's a big anticlimax, I think, New Year's Eve. And similarly to your wedding day, I wouldn't ever want a bride's expectations to be so far unrealistic that actually on the day they weren't they weren't delivered. But that is always where, you know, having a wedding planner is that every single aspect of their day will be met to their expectations because I would never have allowed them to do something that wasn't possible or wouldn't look if we've only got two hours to set up, I'm never going to tell them that that table setting is going to look like the one on Pinterest because, you know, they'd have had six hours to do that and I'll probably have 40 minutes. See, I said she was fabulous. She just says it like it is and I really appreciate her honesty and openness when it comes to talking about wedding planning, particularly when her business is wedding planning. And uh, if you're in London and you would like to see, talk to, meet the wonderful Charlie Beard, she will be... She'll be appearing at Brides the Show. So will I. I am, well, I'm one of their official blogger podcasting people. 
And I do believe Charlie and uh, Karen Cinnamon from Smashing the Glass will both be appearing together in a wedding blogging Q&A session, which would be great to see them. That's where I met them very first time. Uh, this time last year when I first started the Save the Date Wedding podcast and they were my first, I was going to say reluctant, but they were very both keen to be a part of the wedding podcast and have both contributed quite a bit more since. So I'm very grateful to have them involved and to be sharing their stories and opinions on the Save the Date Wedding podcast. Speaking of Karen Cinnamon, as with a couple of other wedding bloggers that I have talked with uh, on the Save the Date Wedding podcast, she developed smashingtheglass.com after she planned her own wedding. Karen is very interested in highlighting trendy, fashionable, hip, stylish, fabulous, Jewish weddings. And when we say Jewish, it's not me just not pronouncing Jewish right. It's the idea that if you are wanting to plan a full Jewish wedding or perhaps a wedding that is using elements of the Jewish faith, that and tradition that you can do that. So Karen came across this idea that no one else was really doing and she ran with it. There is a little bit of a blueprint uh, for Jewish traditional Jewish weddings whereby I'd been invited over the years and heard over the years about many Jewish weddings at big fancy hotels, the same kosher caterer, the same band, mm. the same formula. And frankly, um, it doesn't excite me and sure. I always wanted to do my own thing I'm a creative person I could think of my own ideas and I did think of my own ideas and I did have a, the wedding that I wanted and the intimate feeling that I wanted a lot of Jewish families sometimes it's the parents organizing the wedding yes and again the parents are doing what their parents did or what their friends did and again there's no room for the originality to kind of take off so it's a place for anyone of any age group to come and be inspired uh, by lots of ideas and hopefully be able to put a personal stamp on your traditional wedding. It's wonderful to have traditions, but it's lovely to, for your guests to be able to see your personality within your wedding. They want to see something different. They want to go to a different venue. They want to hear maybe slightly different band or, or DJ. Um, so... You don't want wedding Groundhog's Day. Exactly, exactly. And I think there is a, the tide is turning anyway. I mm. think a lot of Jewish families realise that there's all sorts of other options. They just don't maybe quite know how to change the their way of doing things. So hopefully Smashing the Glass helps them find their way. And I know that a lot of readers have told me how it's helped them. And that's that's the best feeling. What's great about that interview with Karen is that you can remove the term Jewish and put any other sort of culture or uh, tradition in there and replace it. And that's what's great about Smashing the Glass as well. That was episode number 11, if you want to go back and listen to that full episode. But the ethos behind what she does and says is really exactly just what she explained then. It's the idea that, yes, traditions can be great, but also don't get stuck in them. You don't have to use the exact same supplies that the person down the street used. Take a step outside uh, the the conformist box and do something for you and also create something that's fun and different. Just because you want to recognize a culture, tradition, religion that's been around for a long time doesn't mean you have to do it the same as everyone else. I love that. And I love that about visiting Smashing the Glass, especially... And as, as I said in the interview, I put a disclaimer at the front saying, I don't want 
want to offend anyone with my lack of knowledge about Judaism and really religion in general. I'm pretty religion neutral, I would say. And I certainly make that a big point of not necessarily focusing on specifics in in the Save the Date Wedding podcast because I know we all follow our own things. So it's important for me to be sort of neutral and say, hey, do what you need to do, recognize what you need to recognize. But the fun thing about that interview was I just said, look, I don't really know what I'm talking about. You're the expert in the Jewish wedding scene, Karen Cinnamon. And we had such fun. And I don't think I offended anyone along the way, which is novel, which is new. <laughs> talking about niche or niches, uh, one of the more specific wedding bloggers that I have had as a guest on the Save the Date Wedding podcast is Lindsay from WomanGettingMarried.com. And Lindsay, like a lot of the other wedding bloggers, started her wedding blogging process during her wedding planning, but then went on to really get in specifically to looking at the wedding venue directory to create this sort of fabulous wedding directory where you can look up certain venues um, that they review. It's very specific, but it goes into not just how much the actual venue will cost, but how much everything from the wedding flowers to the wedding cake will cost you and um, looking at featuring certain vendors and also providing a custom wedding venue search. So if you don't want to do it, her team and uh, herself will be able, Lindsay will be able to help you actually find that. So it was really great speaking to someone who's not necessarily about the dresses and that sort of stuff, although she does blog about those details. But it's really great to go on and search for venues and also venues that you wouldn't necessarily think of directly or aren't as easy to find online as a standard, and I'm using air quotes saying standard, uh, regular wedding venue. We love to do the cost breakdowns for venues on our site because yes. I think it's so important. So many venues just kind of keep that information secret. So it's great to be able to, you know, just to kind of make it easier for readers and for bride-to-bes and, you know, couples to kind of get all that information they need. And I think it is definitely less expensive to rent a um, either Airbnb or there's a state rentals um, that you can also do. Um, it can be tough if you have a larger guest count. I think that if you do rent one of those venues that it's best to keep it on the smaller side because then otherwise you're having to bring in a lot of things like, yeah. you know, catering kitchens and stuff like that. So if you keep it smaller, the costs are definitely going to stay down. I'm just looking at some of your, um, your listings that you've sort of put up recently and they are great. The breakdowns are so handy because you don't think you're right about, about the cost of, of how much a commercial kitchen, if you find this amazing warehouse or something, how much a commercial kitchen can actually cost and the time and the, and the effort it can be to, to incorporate that into a venue. It can be hardcore. Well Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you're talking about to set up a catering kitchen, it can be at least a few thousand dollars, mm. um, if not more. So the more you can keep that cost down, the better. Are they, is that one of the biggest, when you're looking at venues, is that one of the biggest sort of costs that you think, the hidden costs that you wouldn't immediately think of when you're finding one of these cool kitsch venues that you go, yes, it's a tent in the middle of the, the <laughs> woods. It'll only cost $300 to rent. And then you're $40,000 later. Yeah, because then you have to bring in restrooms, you know, and oh. then you have to bring in all of these supplies and then you have to shuttle guests in and you're, you're you know, for what might be, you know, a $1,000 um, for a venue and you're thinking, oh, that's a great deal. 
Uh, by the time that you start adding all that stuff up, you're talking about another $15,000. Oh my goodness. Just, I just, yeah, I just hemorrhaged. Crazy. That's terrible. It's a lot of money. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really crazy. Um, so that's why it is so important to be able to see the price of venues to see, you know, if you can afford it. Yeah. And, and you do do that very well. And there is like so many beautiful, beautiful venues listed on womangettingmarried.com. Like it's, it's makes me want to get married. I say this every week. It makes me want to get married all over again. And Rich just shivers when I say that all the time. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, there are some amazing venues and we actually only choose, I only choose the venues that I would consider getting married at. So we kind of sift through all the stuff, you know, we're not paid for by the you know, the venues, they don't submit their own listings. We actually go out and find these venues um, and report on them. So they're really handpicked by us. I love that. And it's also good because you find places that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily go to, you know, straight away. And I think that's nice that it's not just the same five venues that you're seeing rehashed all over the place. Yeah, exactly. We really do try to um, to pick, you know, unique venues that, that aren't like a wedding factory. Yes. Oh, wedding factory. That's a good... <laughs> We don't like them. Forget it. Oh, no. Oh, the wedding factories. None of us are attending those wedding factories. We're not going to be sheep, unless we're the black sheep. I'm happy to say we. uh, maybe I'm Alicia, the black sheep of the wedding industry. I like that. I'll attach myself to that. That was Lindsay from womangettingmarried.com. It's a fabulous website. She's a lovely lady, and I really hope to have her back on the show again very soon. Actually, I would like to have all of my wedding bloggers back on the show. It's really interesting. I'm 93 episodes into this Save the Date Wedding podcast, and often people will say, people that don't listen, people that don't know me that well, sometimes will go, are you running out of things to talk about? And to be honest, I am not. What do you think? Are you, are you, I mean, obviously people, I'm getting more and more listeners every day. People are into it. So it's, you know, nice to hear from you, hear suggestions, themes, topics. If you have a wedding blogger that you would like me to interview that I have yet to include in the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, well, let me know about them. There are so many new bloggers coming about each day. It is sometimes hard to keep up. So if there's someone you've found that's specifically awesome, then I would like to know about it. Visit savethedatepodcast.com. Send me an email. Connect me with them. If you are them, write to me. Introduce yourself. I love hearing from new people, hearing about new ideas, specifically wedding related. But, you know, if you've got a wedding product that you think's cool, that no one's using, an app. I love featuring apps. I think the easier... The more versatile, the more adaptable, whatever you're producing, whatever I can give uh, advice to my lovely listeners, the best, the better. Did that make any sense? I know it did. It's nice to have gentlemen voices occasionally on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I am a wedding podcast for all. Whether you're marrying a boy or a girl, I don't care. I mean, I do care. I support you, but I'm saying I'm neutral, whatever. You understand what I'm saying. One of the more regular gentleman voices I have on the Save the Date Wedding podcast is the wonderful Josh Withers. He's an Australian marriage celebrant and uh, he's a vivacious, interesting man. He's a very good chat, can I just say. If you don't know what a marriage celebrant is... Well, he, it's an Australian term, actually. Actually, it is an Australian term, but he's, he's the guy that stands up the front and marries you. He's the one that makes it legal. 
And uh, he's not just based in Oz. Him and his wife, Britt, um, they run a wonderful company called Pop-Up Wed and they organise weddings. They have recently been in Hawaii and uh, they're planning more overseas weddings in the upcoming months. So do check out their website, popupwed.co. Now, Josh is, as well as uh, the man on the ground who is marrying people, he's an avid blogger. He's very good at posting um, updates, especially about the marriage wedding ceremony, how to write your vows, because I think this is something that a lot of wedding bloggers don't ever touch on, which is fine. His area is the ceremony. And as Charlie Beard said at the top of the show, a lot of aspects of the wedding ceremony and wedding reception are ignored by wedding bloggers because they're not that interesting to photograph or write about from their point of view. That is cool. So we're very lucky that we have people like Josh who are very passionate about creating a marriage ceremony that is individual to you that is individual to your needs so we're not just printing out the same shit over and over again and saying what 50,000 other people said which I find really boring I cannot be more passionate about this what really makes a great wedding is seeing you injected in it your personality your favorite readings your friends getting up and saying something this is something that uh, Josh talks a lot about and uh, in episode number 29 of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, Josh came on and talked all about choosing the person who is going to marry you, which I think is such a big decision and a decision that so many couples just flip over really quickly. I think that there's um, there's three... Yeah, um, I don't know, tick, or three tick boxes. We'll call them tick boxes. Right. Three things you want to, you want to look at. Um, and that's their, their their personality, so who they are. And that kind of encapsulates what they look like, just their, their person, their, their personality. Um, and I'll talk more about that in a second. Mm. Um, their philosophy, so so you know what their belief about what marriage is. Um, and then thirdly, the, the technical things. And that covers everything from the PA system through to just how they do business, um, obviously how much, uh, mm. uh, you know, how they, just, just that whole business process. So, uh, because different people have different business processes and it's so funny. I get so many emails, probably five or 10 a day. And, uh, just for everyone that's not in Australia, I'm currently about to, um, do an Ocker Australian, um, uh, voice and, uh, but I, I get the email. And so <laughs> in my head, I read it as how much mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first question is, yeah. How much are you going to charge? Yeah. What's, what's, what's yeah, coming yeah. out of my wallet? So, um, so on the personality thing, uh, personality wise, you just have to, you have to like the person because at, at the wedding, they'll be there with you and they're going to be talking pro- probably more than you do. Mm. Um, everyone's going to hear their voice. Everyone's going to hear, you know, just their, 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 um, their atmosphere. And so when you meet them, what kind of atmosphere do they kind of give off in a, in a coffee meeting or in a, in a YouTube video or whatever it might be? Do, do you like who they are? And, and it isn't even about like there's the most likable person, there's the least likable person. I can guarantee you that there's people in the world that don't like me, and that's totally okay because if everyone liked me, my who wife doesn't would like probably... you, Josh? I'll I'll be having a chat to them. You're very likable. I'll send you a, I'll send you a list. <laughs> uh, but but you know you can't you, you can't be everyone's best mate because we all like different things. So you have to you have to like their personality and just their general demeanor and their face and do they look pretty to you and you know, all that kind of gear. Not that you need a beautiful person you're wearing, but just, you know, if you look at them, do you vomit or not? That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Put that on the list. If you, I like it. If you do look at them and vomit, maybe there's greater problems at hand. You yeah. should see a professional. Uh, so, 
personality is number one. Uh, number two is just their their philosophy. So there's different people for different kinds of people, which is such an obvious thing to say. Uh, but I can tell you that my belief of marriage, the marriage before anything else, before any love, before any sex, before any dating, before any house, mortgages, all of that, um, the marriage is the union between two people. That there's two people and they say yes to this union. And then out of their union grows everything else. Love, washing the dishes, sleeping next to each other, not sleeping next to each other, sex, all that, you yeah. know. Um, so before anything else, marriage is just these two people saying yes to a union where we're going to hang in together for the rest of our lives. And, uh, and, and, and so that's, that's what I believe marriage is. And I, I tell everyone that. And so if you don't believe that, then totally don't hire me. Hire someone that has the same philosophy as you. You might believe that marriage is between a man, a woman, and a spaghetti monster, and that the, those three people together make a beautiful union, and that's totally okay, and it's fine for you to have that belief, but I don't have that belief. And, you know, maybe I can talk about it at the wedding, but probably not with conviction. Yeah. So if you want someone to talk about something with conviction, you probably want to find someone with a similar belief as you. Um, and the third one is that whole business, the technicality, what PA system do they have, how do they do business, how much money do you want now? How much money do you want later? When do you want the money? Um, yeah, how many meetings do we have? Just that, that whole technicalities of it. Um, do we pay per meeting? Is there a rehearsal? Do you need a rehearsal? We don't want a rehearsal. We do want a rehearsal. All of those technicalities. And, and so uh, there's, there's no specific list of things to ask for, but make sure you know, just like with anything, if you're buying a car, if you're getting, if you're, you know, getting a wedding reception, if you're getting a celebrant, know you know, the, the details of the business transaction. So if I pay you this much, you'll turn up at this time, we'll do this, we'll do this, and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I can be very honest and open with everyone that if you were to hire me for a local wedding, my fee is $1,020, including tax, and including travel for the local area, and I ask for a $275 deposit and the rest of it in four months' time. Whereas if you talk to someone else, they'll have a completely different um, business transaction because not everyone's running the same business that I am. And so make sure you find out the different just the different technicalities. In his own words, Josh is a purveyor of awesome wedding ceremonies and I couldn't think of anyone better to talk further about this in upcoming Save the Date episodes because, as I said before, and I'll say it again, you need to focus on that wedding ceremony. People say, I really want an emotive wedding. I want something that's going to really touch someone's heart. And if you read the same shit over and over again out of a book – you're not really going to get that. Of course, it's not all about putting on some sort of Hollywood wedding ceremony that's going to make everyone cry and laugh at the right moment. It's going to happen naturally. But without the right person standing up there, without the right person on your team to actually help you write a wedding ceremony, a wedding service, whether that's a priest or a celebrant or a registrar or a registrant or a humanist, whoever it is up there, you need to have a connection with and a bond. Exactly what Josh just said. It's really important to connect with them, to spend the time prior to the wedding. If that's what you want to happen, maybe you just want to go to a town hall and have a, you know, a wedding, town hall wedding ceremony. I absolutely encourage you to do that if that's what you want. But also you need to be able to prepare in advance if you want them to read something, to have them involved on a higher level, then that takes preparation, research, and uh, really knowing exactly what you want and what you want to get across. I hope you have enjoyed this part two of the Save the Date little ode to wedding bloggers because 
I get so much from reading wedding blogs every day and I've got, I could actually do about six parts of this episode. I've missed out some amazing people and, uh, over Christmas I will be doing a best of the save the date wedding podcast, which is where you can maybe catch up on a couple of episodes and segments that are my favorite. So I'm sure I will be sure to incorporate those missing bloggers into those episodes, but it's just been great to share these moments with you because I often think with, you know, obviously I'm up to 93 episodes. There's a lot of listening there. And these segments were the ones that really stood out in my mind. These are the ones I instantly knew where to go to to collect these quotes. I was like, yes, I remember that bit. It's exactly what I want to share. It's exactly what I want to get across to new listeners of Save the Day and also to reiterate with long-term, long-time listeners of Save the Day to say, hey, these are the important things. These are things that I remember and you know it's it's been a long process so far and I have heaps more to give to you information wise and also episode wise so it's lovely to come back refresh and be able to reshare some of this wonderful content with you Thank you so much for listening to Save the Date. Next episode is episode number 94. It's a Q&A episode. I look forward to bringing that to you. If you have a question, comment, thought, I don't know, just information that you want to share with me, visit savethedatepodcast.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm on them all. When the hell do I ever get time to talk to my husband? (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes you've just got to put the iPhone down. It's more just saying it to myself, not really to you. I hope you're having a fantastic wedding planning week. Please get in touch. Please listen. Please subscribe. I leave you with happiness and joy. And of course, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.